0: We're smoking the guava that Jaden brought over lighting this nice it new pipe and it's delicious and it
1: he was... said it's delicious before he even tasted it
0: <sighs> I had some last night yeah. it was good really good it's super stony yeah and it's a nice like head high it's not not too much you know doesn't make it so you can't talk when you're trying to record a podcast so yeah welcome back no simple road family we love you guys as usual thanks for tuning in another episode of no simple road it's been another amazing shot into space week um yeah alex left the house last weekend and we sent him off back into the world with a nice calm going away dinner and it was nice and apple is in vegas right now for the first time in a year and a half went back to go visit friends and family back there and
1: shout out apple
0: what's we up buddy you. we miss you man <laughs> house is weird when you're not home bro yeah and uh yeah so we just been tripping around doing our thing i made mom's spaghetti sauce last night and we had some app or alex and jaden came over and that
1: was really magical and so shout out to alex and jaden when you hear this like My heart is so full right now. Like if I had like the best pizza and I like um, kept eating it all night because it was so good and I was not even full anymore, but it was just that good.
0: Well, you had the spaghetti sauce.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like that's how life is. Like I feel so full on love and blessings and It is really, I just, I'm super emotional in a good way. Like I could cry just because I feel like I emotionally have so much to, I don't know, to get out. Yeah, and (laughs) then
0: not to mention all the stuff that's been going on with the show. So like I mentioned in the last episode, we got a producer now and Justin has been like a juggernaut of, of motion for the show and doing all this wonderful stuff for it and us and we have a bunch of really cool guests lined up for you guys um in a couple of weeks we're gonna interview this uh band i guess they are a grand tapestry um they're a couple of mcs from down south i don't know where but um they rap over traditional indian kirtan music and at first thought, like when I thought about that, like those two things don't really go together.
1: I think everything goes together. Yeah. He sent me some shit that I was like, what? That Lifetime, is that from them?
0: Yeah, Lifetime. Yeah, so
1: there's a Lifetime, which is cool and kind of appropriate for our podcast today because that's what we're going to be talking about is our Lifetime together here. Yeah. But um, this song, Lifetime, is about that, about being in love with somebody and um, over and over through not just this time, but Lifetimes and... I don't know. Anyway, so we're going to interview them and then this amazing artist. um, Yeah, Chuck, who did the
0: the Grateful Dead art for the 94 tour. We're going to be interviewing him later today. So that'll be out next week for you guys. We're going to talk to him about, you know, his artistic process and what it was like getting to do art for the dead and all of that. And then we also have a band from North Carolina, Brother Hawk. Who, to me, they sound like a cross between, like, if you took Leonard Skynyrd and my morning jacket and smashed them together, that's what these guys sound like to me. They're really, really cool. Well,
1: I haven't gotten into them yet, but I'm definitely going to do that and check them out. So... And then there's another really surprise special guest um that we're that's working all I can on. Say. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're not going to spill the beans on that one. But if it comes through, you guys, yeah. we're going to have a really special Christmas yeah. thing coming up for you. But, you know. Don't, don't get all excited and yet. we are
1: going to have Santa on the podcast, just to let you guys know. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. We are going <laughs> to have, have Santa on the podcast. That
1: is confirmed. And um, we may be able to get Santa's helper, but that's another story.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, the helpers are busy around this time of year. <laughs> it's, it is a busy, busy and season for just them. Just
1: on a note, um, a certain um, listener out there, Laura, you know who you're at. Or, you know who you're at. That is actually appropriate. Um, no, you know who you are. And Laura is actually going to be coming to stay with us and um, going to, a, to to a show with us. And I am really, really excited and stoked about having her here. And she is one of you guys who was a listener and reached out. But um, in this case, we happen to know each other from Vegas. And, um, I'm really excited to have her out and have her be part of the family and just receive some of the love that, like I said, that Aaron and I are feeling from you guys and from the family around us. So, um, Laura, shout out to you. I can't wait to have you up and.
0: Yeah. And you know, the, the last episode that I put out, um, I did a little intro before that and I didn't really, uh, do what I normally do on the intro and I, I saw the, uh, effect of that on the back end so what I'm talking about is like normally when I do an intro for the show I talk about like um, hey you guys you know we we love the feedback and and the patreon thing and the Amazon link and all that stuff and I I just kind of glossed over that stuff and I saw the effect of me not reminding all you guys to write into us I didn't get anything this week and that's cool that's too sure we
1: got that one from Sunday no
0: no that was that was the from the week before so like it, I, I see that you know we're all busy and i get it and but we we really do need to hear from you guys like if you're digging what we're doing and and you're feeling the vibe and you're feeling the love send us an email at no simple uh, gmail.com cuz i'll tell you what there is nothing better than sitting down on the porch with the whole family and reading these letters that are coming from you guys and also reading them on the air back so that you can hear that we actually do read them and uh, it just lets us know that we're doing a good job and that you guys are digging it. And it it's cool. And then also but like we
1: had a Patreon subscriber. Oh, yeah. So Aaron seems to be forgetting the cool things that I have been so happening. Rewind. And what I'm going to say is Joe, 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 you also know who you are. Thank you so freaking much. Yeah. You wrote us this incredible letter. Well, we read it last week. That we week. read. And then you hooked us up with an incredible guest. And then you went and subscribed to be a freaking Patreon uh, member. And that is awesome. And as we speak, I have a cool hand-stitched and done tag that we will send out to you. Um This is my special Grateful Dead 50 um, patch that I made for all the um, family that came with us to fare thee well well in Chicago a few years back. And so I have one of those for you, Joe. So um, thank you for subscribing to Patreon. Thank you for the letter, and thank you for the participation. Yeah, and thanks for the
0: love, brother. We're feeling it. And uh, so, yeah. Hopefully you
1: can be on our porch sometime soon, Joe.
0: And everybody else out there, just... If it's in your heart, if you're feeling it, if you're feeling the vibe and the love, like I said, take a minute and head over to patreon.com forward slash no simple road and just look at the page, man, check it out. And if it's something that you feel like you're, you know, you want to do, you can give a buck a month and it we appreciate it and we love it and it helps us and it helps keep the show going and it's going to help other people find out about the show because then we can keep going and we can print flyers and stickers and shirts and all that stuff for you guys. So yeah, it just helps the show grow. And if it's something you're into, you know, it's family helping family and it's us taking care of each other and being a community and spreading the love. I know that money is a weird thing for all of us, you know, Psychedelics have really changed my view on, on money and what it is and what it does. And I, you know, the thing itself, I don't think, I know, isn't a bad thing. A, a piece of paper is a piece of paper in the end. And when people get involved, that's when things can become good or bad because we separate things in duality in our minds and create, you know, good and evil and light and dark. And, but I'll tell you what, in the system that we're in, it, it it's a necessity. It's, it's a necessary thing for us to, To use, and we are using it as a tool for this show in this instance to get better equipment and to make flyers, like I said, and stickers and that kind of thing, so that we can get out there. Yeah, Yeah,
1: thanks, guys. Um, Was it uh, Justin? Well, no, not not, not Justin. Um,
0: I can only hear your thoughts sometimes, and I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I'm
1: talking about the flyers that we sent out to that.
0: Oh, that's um, Tommy Tacos, man. Tommy
1: Tacos, yeah. One, thank you for that wonderful, wonderful trip report Um, when you were in Vegas. I really appreciate it because it's back home. And then second, um, we were able to send you some... uh, beautifully flyers. designed flyers from Justin um, to hand out at the taco truck and spread the word for No Simple Road. So
0: yeah, kudos so to you. So um, here's the deal: if any of you guys out there want to do that for us, that's fucking cool as shit. If you have a place where you could set some little, like I think they're four by five, four by six, or four by eight cards. Um, they fit in your back pocket and they're really cool. It's the Jerry Garcia design that Justin did for us. And so what I'll do is if you send me, you know, what city you're in and a good location for you, I'll send the printing job to a, a printer near you and pay for it. And all you got to do is pick it up and then you can go send this, you know, take the flyers around to wherever you want just gets the word out on the show. And like I said, it's building community and it's spreading the love and it's helping more people find out about it. And we appreciate it. So if you feel like that's something you want to do, shoot us a little email and we'll make it happen, man. It's not something you got to pay for. And it's a little bit of advertisement for the show. It's a way for us to work together and to like, you know, exchange some energy as they say and, and, and love each other. So What we're gonna do this week? This is not a typical No Simple Road episode that you're listening to. (laughs) Because
1: there's typical No Simple
0: Road episodes. Well, we we do a thing, (laughs) but this this this, that's true. (laughs) The the thing we're gonna do today (laughs) is a different thing. Uh, uh, So, Mel and I have a lot of history. Um, This November 30th is our 20th wedding anniversary, and. Yeah, yay us. Yay. Hi-fi, baby. Um, so we have this history and this incredible story that led up to us even uh, getting together. And in our life, uh, we've told the story to people that we've met or people that didn't know us when we got together, how it happened. And any time that we do that the reaction is you guys need to write that that needs to be a book that needs to be a movie and you know we've always talked about it and toyed with it as a couple like we really need to get that story out there and I think that the podcast coming up was a good way for us to get that out there and for people to hear it now Anytime that somebody's doing something when they're, you know, on stage playing guitar or painting or singing or whatever it is, whatever the thing is where somebody's performing, even comedy, you can look at it like the person is like, oh, you know, my stuff is great and I want everybody to see it. Look at me. And there, I'm sure that, yeah, there's a lot of that out there. But in this case, it's been 20 years of thinking about this and doing it. And I, I felt like this would be a really good way to get it out there because the The audience that's listening to it is is going to understand what we're saying for the most part. And well,
1: I just think right now there's and there's a time where people really feel and want to feel love, like they're, I mean, want real connection and want to know that maybe not that the fairy tale exists, but the possibility of um, loving beyond um, perfection. Right. Is, exists and when you're with somebody for 20 years um, it it's like how did you do that because I know in 20 years I've had so many conflicts and I felt so many ways and I've been so many people like how can it still be good after 20 years Yeah. and I think Aaron and I are both here to tell you it's fucking still good after 20 years
0: better than ever it
1: is better yeah. than ever
0: and I've like I said I thought about it a lot and so, when you hear a story that somebody tells, you, or I tend to relate it to myself and find the commonality in that. And I think that the story that you and I have has a lot of magic in it. And
1: well, I know it does and for that, certain. Yeah,
0: and so I'm hoping that it comes out, and and that's my intention by doing this, and that it can help somebody or touch them or you know, make them believe that there is hope and there's good stuff that happens in the world because there's a lot, like I said earlier in another show, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And this is our way of spreading our vibe and spreading yeah, our love. This
1: is our way of putting, well, I had a vision of this a long time ago in the maybe not such a complete um, way that it's Mapping out right now, but i I knew that we were supposed to tell our story, and I knew that we were supposed to um, it was gonna be special. But I had this notion that Aaron and I would be like saying it out loud like on a speaker, a loudspeaker. and then, like, the other day, I just had this download that, like, this is what's happening. This is what it's coming to fruition. You and Aaron are telling your story publicly. And it's not that we haven't alluded to some of it on the show before. Like, we've we've talked about it a little bit when I was on the show and Aaron mentioned it. But, like, there's a was a lot of really magical things that happened where, you know, if you believe in God, you can say it was, you know, like the Lord. It was working. whatever. It was it, the universe. Yeah, it was the universe. Yeah, exactly. Like whatever language.
0: Space time continuum. But, it was our um, alien overlord. This was
1: Aaron finding our lifetime together. Like, I think that we say to each other now, like, you know, let, let's love each other again. Like after, after this, after, you know, but um, this is proof that we we found each other. We've said this to each other before. Yeah. We've done this before and not in this form and that's why it's so fun this time, because we're...
0: And we picked it.
1: Yeah, we're playing with love again for however many of the time um, together. And also, I think that um, people also need to know that as much as we love each other is as much as we frustrate each other, too. And that's kind of no. how we've... that's how we had this we've had like those catalysts those freaking starsky and hutch fights that we've had oh my god coming up and um that we'll talk about and just like all this crazy shit and you know what like yeah there was definitely times where i wanted to throw in the towel and i'm sure there's definitely times where aaron really wanted to call me more than just a jerk um but none of that it mattered at the time. And just as much as it mattered at the time, it doesn't matter now. And that's what it is about in a relationship. Like you just, you're going to keep bringing that old shit in, then you're going to keep reliving that old shit. Yeah. And so we decided, at least myself, I decided to try to stop bringing that old shit in. And when it comes in, just um, don't give it the power that it used to have.
0: Yeah. Cause there's other stuff now that have taken its place. And if you keep bringing that old shit back up, then you're living in the past and you're not enjoying the present.
1: Yeah. And you're not letting your partner like change. Ma- yeah. Change Like I made a mistake and like, okay, shit, I'm not going to do that again. But then I'm going to still, you know, react that same way. Like, I don't know. I think Aaron and I, especially, I think maybe any dancers out there that are listening, like if you have a partner, a dancing partner, like you have, you learn with them, you know, like you learn to move your bodies in sync with each other and Aaron and I after 20 years that's what we've learned. We our relationship is like this beautiful dance where like I could be starting dinner for him and he went and took a shower and then I turn around and he's out like sauteing the meat while I was like getting the aluminum foil <laughs> and the plates like it's just such a beautiful so <laughs> symphony so what I want <laughs> so
0: what I want you guys to do it's fall it's getting to be thanksgiving time the weather's cooling off Grab a, grab a comfortable place to sit down and grab something warm to drink, light a bowl, smoke out so you can stop the recording now and follow those instructions. <laughs> okay, you're back. So now you're comfortable and you're stoned and you're chilling out and you're hearing my voice. <laughs> and Melanie's laughing at me. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell my side of this thing.
1: He always wants to go
0: first. Well, I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) I'm hosting the show. What do you want me to do? So this is in 90, end of 96, 1996. Grunge is in full swing. Um, You know, I'm off a dead tour. I'm floating in Las Vegas. I'm living at my dad's house, sleeping on the couch, and I'm working in... uh, a hospital as an EKG technician. And so, you know, when I got off Dead Tour, it was really tough, man. I, I felt like I had lost my family and I was just floating and I had learned how to tattoo and all of that. And I was living with the guy that taught me how to tattoo and it wasn't a healthy situation. There was a lot of meth going on. And, um, that really was never my bag. I mean, I'm not going to lie that I've done it plenty of times in my life, but it just was never my thing. It took away my two favorite things, eating and sleeping, and I just, I didn't dig it. And so I, I left there and I went back home. I was living at my dad's and I'm working in this, uh, in the hospital and, you know, I had these older brothers that were heroin addicts and I always looked up to them and that hole that was in my life that was left after tour and, and all this magic that happened to me and all these awesome things that I experienced. Then I'm like back in default reality after that, just like numb and lost and not able to find a direction and, and scared, really scared if I really get down to the nitty gritty of how I felt back then. And my brother turned me on to heroin and it was It was awful. The first time I did it, I was in his kitchen and his wife at the time stuck the needle in my arm. And you guys know, like when you drink too much, how the room will spin, like horizontally spin. Well, if you do a good shot of that shit, the first couple times, everything spins end over end. And I was spinning in the kitchen and I got sick and it was awful. And I was like, why do fucking people do this, man? And. I don't know what the thing was, but it just deadened everything. It made everything stop. All the emotion in me, everything was just shut down and there was a conscious part of my mind was like, this is the way to not have to feel any of this pain, any of this shit that's going on. And so I pursued that in earnest. Anytime I would start to feel anything, I would run for the needle and shut it down. And you know, you can't fuck around with that thing over any amount of time. Now you're, now you're stuck and you know, Oh, I'm going to put it down now, but no, you're not going to put it down now because you're throwing up and you're anxious and your skin's crawling and your nose is running and you're sneezing and you want to die. And all you got to do is stick that needle in your arm and it goes away. And so I was stuck in that thing and in that cycle of dead emotionally and, just floating, but keeping my shit together I had a knack for as fucked up as I was I still managed to hold down a job and get up and go to work every day and outside appearance you would never know unless you looked real close you could see the scratches they were scratches I told Mel that my tracks on my hand were a cat scratch when I met her but you would see you know the what was underneath, but up from far away, no it, just another dude and so i'm 'm working in this hospital and i 'm strung out on heroin and I had it so that the dope dealer would meet me after work every day and pick me up from work and drive me home to my dad 's house, and then I would go get high and I was just dying basically and you know working in the medical industry and Doing EKGs, I was like, "Well, I guess the next step for me in this career path is to go into the operating room because, you know, that's what you do when you're strung out on heroin at at 26 or 25 as you start working in an operating room with people." Like, made perfect sense to me, and uh, so I found this school in Vegas that would teach me how to be a surgical assistant, and it was just one of those. When I look back on it now. All these years later, it was so contrived how life put it all together for me and put me in that place, but just lost and, and, and uh, you know, with no direction. So I thought, and then this thing happens, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to school to be a surgical assistant. And so I enroll in this school and I'm going there and uh, one day I'm, I'm walking from the parking lot and I had just gotten high like, an hour before that. And so I'm kind of loaded, and I'm, you know, half-lidded, pin-pupiled, and I'm walking into school, and next to the school is this movie theater with the box office, like, facing the parking lot. And I'm I'm strolling, and I look into the box office of the movie theater, kind of like to see what was playing there at the time or something like that. And there's this beautiful girl in there. And it was like in the movies, like when you hear the like the lightning strike in my head, I was like, oh, my God, like that's the most beautiful girl I have ever seen in my whole life. And my idea was to stick my pierced tongue out at her, you know, so I, I walked by and stuck my tongue out at her and I'm sure that she, you know, thought I was a total creep. And we've talked about that before. But um, yeah, so through whatever machinations happened after that i wouldn't shut up about her and all these girls in the class uh i was like oh you know you guys seen that girl at the movie theater oh my god and they were like you should go talk to her and i was you know a 26 year old heroin addict i I wasn't (laughs) i wasn't like you know a player with much game and i was like no no, i'm not gonna do that man so they went over there and told melanie about me and her and i met and it was a uh Thinking back on it, it wasn't even eventful. It was no. just like, "Hey, I was
1: just telling." And well, we were, I wasn't telling him anything. I didn't even remember, to be honest. Like our first meeting, I like I think that there was like we talked outside by like the um, parking lot, didn't we? Like mm-hmm. right. Like I feel like we <laughs> yeah did. we sat out front yeah. And now that we're saying that right this very second is when I am rem- remembering it, but I don't remember it to be very like explosive. I really remember when you stuck your tongue out at me and so I guess I'll work oh backward God. from that point like so it's 1996 um, August and I've got a one and a half well not one and a half one a year old like she was probably Sydney was like uh, 13 months at that point because her birthday was in July And, um, I was 17 or going to be 18 years old in that October. So I was this, you know, (laughs) I had a one-year-old and I'm working at a movie theater and it's a second run movie theater. And, you know, where I was coming from, I'm here, I am a teenage single mom, you know, um, living down the street. I just gotten my GED because even though I, you know, was a mom as a teenager, I was actually a fairly good student. And, um, you know, maybe I would have had a different road as far as like college or something. Um, but when I had Sydney, like really, I think I was just kind of suffering from the whole, you know, Aaron like recalls this in his story about like, he remembers his mom leaving and how traumatic and impactful, Um, Coming from a split family was, but I didn't really grow up with the dad. And as a teenager, you start like when you become hormonal and prepubescent and going through puberty, all these things like you start feeling emotion about everything, you know, and I I was really feeling the lack of a, a male. And I really started saying, like, I miss my dad. And then because he never grew up with us, like, I kind of got made fun of it from, you know, my brother and my mom, like, they'd be like, you don't even know him, like, and that kind of stuck with me. So, like, you know, I was coming from a really hurt situation, Um, single mom trying to work my way up and not wanting to be a statistic, not wanting to be one of those, like, another Spanish girl with a million kids, like, as I saw it in my culture. So he sticks his tongue out at me
0: and we talk and (laughs) and we talk. And so that was it. And then I've told you guys this before, you know, my, my five-year-old niece, about a week after that or two weeks after that was killed in a car accident on her first day of kindergarten. And I didn't have anybody to go with me since I worked in medicine. My family wouldn't go, uh, identify the body at the coroner and since I worked in medicine they called on me to go to go to the coroner to check to see if it was really her and I thought you know I didn't have anybody to do that for me and uh, to go with me and Mel I had just met her but like I said there was something about it thinking back that I knew without knowing That you were supposed to be there. So I asked her to go with me and she did. And her and I, you know, we bonded after that. And I remember thinking not long after that, uh, this girl doesn't, you know, she shouldn't be working at a fucking movie theater. She's got a kid and she needs to make more money. And I was finishing school and just getting ready to promote into the operating room and there was going to be a vacancy and i was like fuck it you know what i'm going to get this girl a job working at the hospital with me so that i can be around her more and in thinking back on it i wasn't i i wasn't trying to like get with you i i just wanted to be around you and i wasn't See
1: that's how it that's what i thought like I think, I mean, any, any girl who's had a guy as a friend and then ended up becoming either romantically involved or even married or whatever, like, from the very beginning, I didn't, I just thought he was super cool. Like, I wasn't attracted to him physically. I mean, if I'm being honest, it wasn't my type or not my type. I was 17. I didn't have a type at 17. I wasn't even thinking about that. I didn't want to get in more trouble. I didn't want to have another kid. And like, I was
0: this 26-year-old, heroin yeah. addict, long Well, hair, like you were probably like 25 yeah. or 24.
1: Like he was in his 20s, put I'd it that been, way.
0: I'd been already around the block 27 times. Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: was not around the block, even though I had a kid. I mean, I did know some stuff, but I was still very tender in age, and like I wasn't even thinking about that, so... I just thought, this is a cool dude. And he likes a lot of the same music I... It was grunge era, you know? Mm -hmm. It was in the 90s, 95, 96. Soundgarden was a shit. Oh, my God. Pearl Jam, yeah. Pearl Jam, I mean, our our wedding song is a Pearl Jam song. And so, like, anyway... um, It was pretty incredible because I just thought, well, who is this guy who's, like, wanting to, like, hook me up? Like, and I mean, we were definitely not sleeping together and we definitely weren't making out and we definitely Mm -hmm. weren't romantic. There was nothing like that. And so I'm like, why does he want to help me out so bad? Like, I was making, I mean... I, you know, I don't remember what minimum wage was in ninety like five bucks an hour. Or something. But yeah, I think I, f- I feel like I was making like four seventy five or yeah. five twenty five, something like that. And then his job that he got me um, as an EKG tech to take his spot was like thirteen dollars an hour, thirteen twenty five or something. And yeah, it was good money. It like literally changed my life. And I was like, why would he want to do
0: this? And my my thing was, like I said, I wasn't, like, trying to get with you. I remember thinking to myself, I never said this out loud, but, like, thinking, if I ended up with this girl, I would nuke her life with my bullshit. And she has a little kid, and they don't fucking need that. And I did want to be with you. you Well, which was funny,
1: too, because Aaron had told me before, like— you know he he was like i never wanted a girl with kids if they had kid i would totally yeah, turn, take I, take my off thing was running.
0: i can't even take care of myself how am i going to take care of somebody else like <laughs> yeah and
1: little did he know that's exactly what he needed in his life yeah
0: so here here's where things get dicey so
1: and our timeline start to freak yeah, out yeah i'm here. not
0: going to even try the timeline part of it but this this is what went down so she's working at the hospital with me I'm working up in the operating room and I end up losing my job because I was high at work and I took a bag of biohazard trash from one operating room, active operating room into another operating room to ask a question. And that's like... In the medical thing man it's like cross-contamination it was a fucking huge deal and I was loaded that was the end of the story I just remember like standing at the OR table all sweaty nodding out like in the middle of surgeries and shit and nobody ever knew but that thing that that did it and and I got canned and my uh brother I was living in this like weekly apartment at this point by myself and I called my brother and I told him what went down and, and he was living up in Sacramento at the time and He was like, look, man, this life isn't for us, and we're not meant to be on this planet anymore, and you know what? I'm going to fly down to Vegas, and we're going to sell all of our shit and get a bunch of money and get a bunch of dope and check out. That's going to be our mission. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And uh, so I—
1: to anybody listening what who says fuck yeah let's do it it's like brother what are you saying we're amazing are you kidding me we Come weren't down amazing
0: and- though we were we were messed up man it, we
1: weren't we were i know I'm the biocomputer computer was not
0: firing on all cylinders at that point and we had this invasion of this entity heroin in our lives yeah. that was pulling us into a hole and it just seemed like the easiest quickest fix to this problem that was so immense and to be able to do it with my brother was like, you know, extra epic and grand gesture to the universe that fuck you, we're getting out, you know. And so I remember I picked him up at the airport and we went back and to this weekly apartment and we ended up getting a bunch of money somehow. I don't even remember how that happened and we were living in my car, and we were, you know, boosting shit from Home Depots. And,
1: Didn't and you steal from the old lady? I,
0: I don't know what you're talking about. And, <laughs> and doing just awful shit and getting high in this cycle of sleeping in the car in the desert and getting high and whatever. And we ended up in this uh, abandoned... Medical building. It's all these medical shit, right? In this abandoned (laughs) medical building, there used to be this women's hospital in Vegas that, like, went defunct or whatever. Went tits up, And, (laughs) and we and there was windows to be able to get into the exam rooms, and we busted one of the windows, and it still had power in there, and it had running water, and there was no security or anything, and we would like climb in the window of this place and go get high and sleep there and it was warm you could turn on the heat and it was it was great if you're homeless to find a spot like that you know and so we ended up trading the car for a bunch of dope and we went back to this women's hospital and lit a candle and we both wrote a note and I filled a syringe with five grams of heroin and he filled his syringe with five grams of heroin and we said goodbye to each other and stuck the needles in our arms and I went out and I remember laying on the floor in that place going out through the top of my head and seeing my body laying there and then being sucked back into my body like like if you dropped a baggie full of water with a rock tied to it in, into a bucket of water just being sucked back into my body and then floating back out through the top of my head and being sucked back in over and, over and over and over and over and over again for hours that night. And it was this crazy cycle where I was conscious of what was happening the whole time and trying to let go so that I wouldn't keep getting sucked back in But something kept pushing me back and pushing me back.
1: So what was happening that night um, on my end was I recall that I was at church with um, one of my friends from the movie theater. So since I started working at the hospital, we didn't see each other too much. Yeah, we hadn't
0: seen each other. I forgot to say that we hadn't seen each other in months. I saw her once and I borrowed 20 bucks from her and took off.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, but you know what? He freaking. I felt like not that I owed it to him, like, you know, Oh, I owe him, but like he'd taken care of me. And at that point I did have an extra 20 bucks to give. And so even though I was single mom, he put me in a position where I was living in a way that I could never live before. So yeah, an extra 20 bucks, no sweat off my back. Like, and plus again somebody he did something good for me so i'll do something good for him he's through all of this heroin use it never affected me in the sense that it never made me lose my job it never cost me um you know like jail time did you even know no did i ever tell you before that no well like when we met you you said that you used to do that and like you never made it so that it was like a complete shock but like Mm. so when he got me the job we had different shifts and he would... I didn't have a car. So he would pick me up in the morning in his loud-ass freaking yellow rabbit. And literally, I could hear it coming down the street. And he would take me to work. And I'd I'd get there a little early and he'd let me just stay in his car. And so in his car, it was a fucking nightmare. Like, (laughs) it was so disgusting, you guys. It was like... (laughs) it was like okay a kid's fucking backpack at the end of the school year with all their shit in it with like freaking melted crayons and tissue from fucking you know yeah like just gross shit and the side
0: pockets and the doors were filled with syringes all you had to do is look
1: well and then the thing is I never did I actually started listening to Howard Stern (laughs) when he went during that time of our life because he used to listen to Howard Stern and so I'd get into it while he was you know upstairs in the OR waiting on my I shift to get started. So wait, you were so you were saying
0: what happened that night when I was oh, going to yeah, yeah. See,
1: he saw he like, threw me in a tailspin. Keep me on track. <laughs> okay, keep me on track. So that night, like I said, we hadn't seen each other, um, and I just I was at church with my friend from the movie theater and um, I was heavily into a four square church, um, back in Vegas in the mid nineties. And it really helped me for a time, you know, helps a lost person, um, kind of start on a spiritual something, can, you know,
0: or it can do the opposite, well, it, whatever, it can,
1: whatever, however your experience for me, it was familiar to what I grew up. I know Aaron's so bitter about it, but I just, it was a learning curve for me anyway. We were at church freaking praying, and then we got in these prayer group circles. And you know, like the pastor is saying, okay, if anybody, um, we're just gonna start praying, and whatever's heavy on your heart, you know? <laughs> So I'm like in this group praying. See, he's laughing over here. But this is why just he kept the whole up. heavy
0: on your heart. Thing is funny, man. Go ahead. The,
1: okay, whatever. It was heavy on you my felt heart. The spirit. Praise <laughs> Jesus. Um, so and funny. I just, Aaron popped into my head. So we're all holding hands in this prayer circle, and then Aaron just popped into my head. So as everybody's praying, and I was like, and I'd like to lift up my friend Aaron. I I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know where he's been, but I feel like there's something you know, not right. And, um, I didn't, I don't quite remember if I knew that you were doing shit back then, or if you had done that, or if you were just down on your luck, I didn't know to what degree I, I, well, I had fell seen for you, it. I had or, seen
0: you once. I had come to the hospital Yeah, and, spent the, and spent the night at the hospital in the, in the treatment room. Cause I didn't have anywhere to go and it was cold out.
1: Yeah. yeah. I remember that. So we
0: had seen each other then, but that was it.
1: So, Yeah, like he I was praying that whole that night um, for Aaron and I was like crying and like I think I'm kind of conservative with like if I were to cry like back then in public, I was much more reserved with my emotions. These days I don't care, you know, I'll probably end up crying on the podcast or something, but he, we were praying for him, man. And we were really, it was serious and it was intense because he just like popped into my head and literally into my heart. And so he's over there, like, trying to take a heroic dose of freaking heroin to cross over to the other side and here I am spiritually you know on my knees as they say like praying for him to be found and if he's in trouble to please um you know keep him safe and i'm these are like my literal prayers so that was that night
0: so i'm trying to let go and i'm floating out of my body and getting slammed back in for however many hours it happened, and I remember when it w- when we had started, it was dark, and we had lit that candle in the in the lid of a, a jar, and I remember seeing light behind my eyelids, and being in my body again, like solidly, and being like fuck. <laughs> It didn't fucking work. And opening my eyes and the sun was up and the candle was gone and there's no money and there's no dope and I'm going to be sick today and I can't even die. Like, this is the worst hell I can imagine. I'm going to be sick and there's no play and I got no hustle today and... My brother was okay, too. So thankfully, it was shitty dope in Vegas. And I got up, and I splashed water on my face, and I cleaned the blood off my arm. And I was told my brother, I remember telling my brother, like, look, I got to go for a walk. And my brother was telling me, you know, oh, I'll get us some play today. I got to hustle. I know this guy and whatever his trip was. Meet me later. And we'll hook up and we'll get well and whatever.
1: Didn't you say that he was trying to tell you to hustle me too?
0: He kept, he, excuse me. He kept telling me, well, you got 20 bucks from her before. Go get some more money for, tell her you need a hundred bucks. Tell her you need a, you know, and I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing that to her for whatever reason. In my mind, you were, I wasn't allowed to do that to you. But anybody, you do it. Anybody he, else. He said
1: he wasn't well, allowed, but he uh, did it for 20 bucks. Yeah, so but not for the hundred, right price. Not for <laughs> 100
0: though. Come on. Now, now we're getting crazy.
1: Oh, so, okay, okay. Um,
0: so, so anyway, I, I get up, and I we make our plans for the day. And I'm trying to shake off the night. And I go for a walk. And I'm walking down the street, and I'm by... In the kind of in the neighborhood that Mel lived in and my
1: mom lived in because I moved actually to the other side of town. So we're from Vegas and I had moved to Green Valley and we're on the east side right now. Um, So I went to visit my mom that day. Yeah. Um after, you know, that night at church, I went to visit my mom. I usually had take would take my daughter to go see my mom and hang out with my mom and have breakfast and stuff, go see my sister, whatever. So, I was there and I just said, "Mom, um, you know, I want to go look for Aaron at this women's abandoned women's shelter cuz somehow or another during that time that we talked, he told me that he was staying there. So I had contacted my friend, Mike, who the same guy that would help, that helped me pray, um, or, you know, brought me to church, blah, blah, blah. Um, he came he with turned me. turned you on
0: to Jesus. He did. He totally turned <laughs> me on to
1: Jesus. Uh, that's rad. Hey, man. Whatever. Shout out to you, MG. You know who you are. <laughs> but anyway, um. Yeah, like, he went with me to that abandoned women's shelter, and Aaron was not there. Um, And it was disgusting. It was a really rancid, gross place by the time uh, people had found out about that
0: place. Yeah, um, there was, like, four homeless dudes living there with us in different treatment
1: rooms. Yeah, like, the place literally smelled like shit, um, and there was piles of shit on the floor.
0: Not in our our spot.
1: And... We'd bumped into this guy, um, Max, was it? And he knew who Aaron and his brother was and said that they were trouble. We should stay away from them. And it was just such, it was, all of this stuff is surreal. Like I talk about it now and this was literally my life. Like I am a 17 year old girl in an abandoned women's shelter looking for a 20 something year old heroin addict and i have a kid and not like, with you not i didn't have sydney with me no during this time but it was just like i was behaving and like going to this visit this dot. you know his um uh, identify his niece's body with him and like here i am in all this like weird heavy deep trouble and it was not even trouble but just really adult shit and yeah and i was a kid i was still a kid dealing with this and anyway i went to this abandoned um women's shelter didn't find him so i went back to go get my daughter dropped my friend off he got his car and i was on my way home but then something made me something made me like feel like i needed to turn the other direction
0: so i'm walking down the street by where her mom lived and i'm i'm done at this point like I, i'm walking down the street just head down spun out of my mind as depressed as a human being can possibly be and i and i'm thinking to myself like i can't even kill myself right like whatever's out there either you got to get me out of this or let me die like one of those two things needs to happen today i need to out or you need to let me die because i can't continue like this i can't keep doing this I don't know what's going to happen to me. I can't, I'm not able to pull myself out. And I step off the curb. I'm not looking where I'm going. And this car screeches to a halt and almost hits me. And i I'm like, I, I go to look at them, like, give them a fuck you. And I look and it's Melanie and she's crying. <laughs>
1: So I just left my mom's house I said I was going home And then I just decided to turn the other way Why? I don't know But my mom's little neighborhood had a bunch of different outlets. And so usually if I'm going home, I would just go out and make a right and go straight home. But this time I decided to go the opposite way and make a left, you know. But anyway, I was making a right out of this little area. And um, somebody was stepping off the curb and wasn't watching where they were going. And I was like slowed down. And it was just like a continual walk. And I went to turn. He was continually walking. And when I went to turn... Um, I slammed on the brakes and it was him. And the minute I saw him, tears, like, started coming down because I was like, holy shit. I was just looking for you. I was just praying for you last night. And now I almost freaking hit you with my car this is fucking God speaking to me. Like this is fucking legitimate stuff. Like this is magic. You know, I was like, I jumped out of the car sitting now, Sydney's in the car at this point. Cause I had picked her up for my mom's. Oh yeah. I remember I, that. You yeah. Like, oh, shit, she's I got her baby. I threw with the her car and drive. I, or I'm in drive and park. And I jumped out of the car
0: <laughs> and it went flying down the street and slammed into a wall with the kid. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Um, and I jumped out of the car and I was like, Oh my God. And you know, I said that, it's like, oh my God, I was praying for you. I was looking for you. I went to the clinic. And he's like, You went to the clinic? Like, what, what? the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And and then I was like, you, can't, you have to come home. I'll take you home. You can take a shower. we and can get something to eat. And I'm like,
0: no, nah, I, I I gotta meet my brother later because you know, I, I'm a junkie at that point. And I'm thinking, if I go with her, I'm not gonna get high later. And oh my god, I can't believe this just happened! And oh my god, who is this? What? Why is she here? And wait, I was just thinking that you know, get me out of this or let me die, and 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 now she's here! And holy fuck, what do I do? And I'm fucking spun and sweaty and I stink and my socks I've been wearing them for six months! And <laughs> oh my, oh god. my god, what do I do? I you can't! <laughs> I got to get out of here! And she's like, oh, she's all pretty and just took a shower and smells like sunshine, and lollipops, <laughs> and has this baby in the back seat. And I'm like, bah, pff, bah, you know, and come home with me take a shower and i'm like i'll kill you guys you don't even know you're asking a homeless junkie to come home with you <laughs> i'm like e- I-, I gotta go meet my brother but yeah give me your phone number uh, and i'll call you later and so i i don't know if i ever told you this but like i took your number i gave you a hug and i'm looking in the back seat and you had this beautiful little girl in the back seat and it looked like If there was like a ray of sunshine coming down, it was a cloudy day and a ray of sunshine, like a spotlight on the car. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like, (laughs) get in the car. And I was like, no, ah, running away down the street. And I took your number and I'm walking down the street and there was like a a strip mall, of course, because Vegas is a lot of strip malls. And I walked into the back of this strip mall that I used to go get high at behind the dumpsters all the time. And I went and I sat behind the dumpster and cried. Cause that happened. I never tell you that. I don't Mm -mm. think. Yeah. And sat back there and was like thinking to myself, like, what do I do? What do I do? I call her. Do I call her and let her into the mess? You know,
1: you know, I had, I literally with a capital L did not know that you were going through all of that crazy tumultuous shit. Like, definitely, I knew that something was going on. I wasn't a stranger to what, you know, you were down on your luck. Yeah, but at I this didn't, point, it was I obvious. didn't know the degree. Yeah, I did not know the degree. My thought was like, oh, my God i here's aaron who helped me get this fucking job who's actually allowed me to buy this car i mean he was driving me around once upon a time now here i am in a car offering him a ride like it really had come full circle and so that's really what i wanted to do is like pay it forward i didn't even know about pay it forward back then but i that's what i wanted to do i wanted to like help him out if he was hungry i wanted to feed him because i had food if he needed a place to shower well i had a clean shower i'll totally take you here's an extra white t-shirt and some underwear like
0: and some new socks because those socks stood up by themselves you guys his socks
1: i wish that i could put a smell no you don't that's awful don't do that to them yeah because i want to not be the only one that smelled that it was disgusting (laughs) and it was so bad he had to keep his shoes outside of the house and he left a black ring around my tub from showering, not even from <laughs> taking a bath. I took
0: Dirty Hippie to a new level, Dude, guys. Dude,
1: it was... He was so filthy in so many ways and so many degrees. Dirty. And um, he got clean and we had freaking chicken lasagna and...
0: Well, I got physically washed. I didn't get yeah. clean. Clean. Let's uh, well, qualify. okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: His body was clean I well, filled his tummy. Well, hang
0: on. So I'm sitting behind the dumpster still.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we, haven't, had okay, we yet. haven't had I'm lasagna yet. I'm still behind Sorry, the dumpster. I jumped ahead. Yeah,
0: you jumped ahead. So <laughs> I'm behind the dumpster and I'm like crying and I'm like, "Fuck, do I let her into the mess?" And I don't know, man. Something snapped that day, and I was like, "You need to accept help from somebody." The thought of getting clean, quitting dope, wasn't even on my mind yet. Like, I just felt like I need help physically in physical space to not be cold and to not be dirty and to not be hungry. And you had offered that to me. And I was like, you know what? I got to swallow my pride and ask for help. And I went and I talked to my brother and he was so pissed. He was so mad at me that I was going over there and that I wouldn't let him come with me. And he was like, well, what what the fuck, man? You know, we do everything together. You're not going to fucking take me over to this girl's house. And I was like, no, I'm not because I don't even trust you. And you're my brother. What are you going to do to this girl and her kid? Like, fuck you. I'm going, you know, and I think he knew it was the beginning of the end for him and I being on the street together. And we had blown trying to commit suicide together. And that's a whole different podcast story about him, but yeah, I called you from the payphone in front of that strip mall a couple hours later and you showed right back up and picked me up and took me there and let me shower and washed my fucking funky, or threw my funky ass socks away and, yeah. and gave me a clean white t-shirt and we ate chicken lasagna and ice cream mm-hmm. and then you went and dropped me back off and I remember I slept under a stairwell that night at a, at a office plaza and the security guard came in the middle of the night and was like you can't fucking sleep here man And like took me over to his car And was like shaking me down And he, I had to show him my ID And he looked at my ID and he was like Dude you're only 26 years old What are you doing And I was like what do you mean What am I doing I'm doing what I want Fuck you And, and he was like man you don't have anybody you can call Like you don't have any family You don't have any friends And I remember thinking No I don't, because my family had written me off at that point. Like, I was such a a nuclear holocaust that nobody would let me near them. And then I thought, wait, I do have somebody I can call, and it was you. And you started picking me up.
1: Well, so this is where our timeline and, like, what happened between us gets fuzzy, because... Like we're telling you all this and it seemed like it happened over such a long period of time. But when we actually were doing the math not too long ago, I mean, Sydney was born in 95 and we got married in 97 and we met in 96. So all of this really happened in one year. And so we were tripping out at how many of these things that these life changing and life altering things have happened in our lives in such a short time yeah you know and in this 20 years that we've been together that's what it seems like one year we're like oh my god i can't believe this happened just last year
0: so at this point i'm You know, you're coming to pick me up every once in a while off the street. I would call you and you would let me take a shower and get something to eat. And I had found my way to the homeless shelter in Vegas and was living in the men's work program there in like this huge dormitory with bunk beds. And I had a place and I was working at the car wash. And you would come pick me up from the car wash and take me to your house after work. And I was still getting high every day. And you... And I would hang out and we had never kissed. We had never held hands. We no. had nothing. And one night you would maybe dinner and there was curfew at the men's program. It was like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever. So we would eat and then you would drive me all the way the fuck across town. Yeah, it really and was. And drop me off. Yeah, drop me off at this men's work program. At nine at night. Nine at night <laughs> where all the homeless men are. And I would get out and like, see you, to, see you tomorrow. I'm going home. <laughs> But this one particular night we ate dinner and you were driving me back and I remember you saying I don't want you to go back I don't want you to go back there I don't like you being there and I'm telling you it's fine it's warm you know it's comfortable he's like trying to say
1: like make it set it up like it's kind of like his own room or his own space kind of you know like yeah I've got my stuff there and, and I was just like this is bullshit like yeah at this point like I didn't know what if it was love, I didn't know if it was like, I don't know if it was me wanting to show appreciation, but I liked having him around. And I knew that like, like he's always wants to take care of me. So even though he's not in a position to like financially take care of me, like he still wanted to make sure that I was well and okay. And, and I did want, I wanted the same for him too. Somehow, like somehow I just wanted him to be okay. I didn't want him to be in a shitty place. And so We're driving on the freeway. I'm I'm taking him back home to this frickin'
0: shelter. And she's like, we're we're driving. I can't remember it like it was yesterday. We're in Toyota Tercel, your white Tercel. And we're driving down 95 North in Vegas. And we're right by, like, where the station casino is (laughs) over there. And my heart's pounding in my chest because your hand's resting on the gear shift. And I was like, I'm going to hold her hand. And I'm 26 years old. Like I said, I'd been around the block plenty of times. I'd been in relationships. It was like being in first grade and holding hands for the first time, that feeling. Like my heart's pounding and my mouth is dry and I'm shaking a little bit. And I'm thinking, oh, God, if she rejects me, I'm going to jump out of the car while it's here on the freeway. I don't give a fuck. And I reached over and grabbed your hand and you grabbed back. I did grab back. Yeah, it was fucking cool. And we were driving and it felt like electricity running up my arm. And I was like, oh, shit, I've never felt anything like this before. I haven't even felt in a long time. And I'm feeling and it's scary and it's what the fuck is going on. And you looked at me and you said... I think one day you and I are going to end up getting married. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Do you even know who I am? Like, you're driving me to the homeless shelter right now.
1: Okay, all of that is exactly true. It's like Chris Isaacs is playing in the, my CD player. No, I oh my God. don't want to fall in love. It was like literally our theme song. And he goes to reach for my hand and I like, you know, let him. And I swear if there was a moment where like in the movies, I feel like it's like that Jim Carrey when he made um, Steve Carell say all that shit in that <laughs> It was like my mouth open. It was like, we're going to get married someday. I, like I like something about falling in love or like I, I just it was so fucking weird. I it wasn't my it wasn't me, but it was me. We're going to get married someday. And when I dropped him off that day, that night, that was that the was, first
0: time I kissed you. Yeah, that night. Was,
1: we had our first kiss and it was like <sighs> it was romantic in the parking lot of a freaking homeless shelter homeless shelter. It was with me
0: late for curfew and about to get yelled at and yeah
1: and I I don't even know like my all I had a backstory too like while he was off doing his shit with his brother like I was working in this hospital I had gotten a boyfriend at that time and that's something that we haven't even talked about but like at this whole time, I've got this boyfriend and I mean, it wasn't really like serious, serious, but like we dated for like a month
0: or so, or maybe a little bit longer. And yeah, you guys had gone on and, vacation together, yeah, at Palm Springs,
1: and <laughs> Aaron's still bitter about Jackass. it. <laughs> he's still bitter. But the thing is, is like I, I didn't have a boyfriend. You know what I mean? When when Aaron and I were to, were friends, and I gained one, and here I am, freaking driving Aaron around and telling him that we're gonna get married while I'm dating this freaking guy. Um, And this guy's totally into me. And I had to break up with this guy because I decided that I wanted to I wanted you to build my world with me instead of that weird jerk. And actually, he wasn't a jerk. He was a nice guy. He just was not my guy.
0: No, he wasn't. He was somebody else's guy. Let him be somebody else yeah. later, homie.
1: <laughs> so yeah, man. I remember I had to call this guy. Everything was com- he would. <laughs> I'm make- breaking
0: up with you for a, a homeless guy.
1: Yeah, it was weird. He was like this f- paramedic, firefighter, totally into healthy, and he was wanted to be a dad, and it, like all into this relationship. And I just called him one day, like it would have been like. Hey, honey, what's for dinner? But instead of the phone call, it was like, hey, I'm breaking up with you. It was nice to know you. And he was like, what? And he was so angry, like so angry because all the time Aaron was my friend that got me the job. Now, all of a sudden, Aaron is my
0: plan (laughs) is complete.
1: So. (laughs) I had to freaking break up with this guy who'd been freaking making me freaking lunches and dinners and dropping him off at the hospital for me and taking me on little vacations for this guy who really just was. I don't even know what you were doing, but I you didn't know
0: what I was doing either, man. But whatever but it was it was, so it was cool strong. Yeah. it was
1: so that's the only thing so, I can remember is that whatever we had going on was so fucking it was strong.
0: beyond anything and is beyond anything I've ever experienced still to this day I mean so that night we kissed and you dropped me off and then I remember the next day you picked me up and we were doing the same thing like you were driving me to, to your apartment and that night you were like you're not going back there And I was like, what are you talking about? You're like, you're going to stay here. This is after you said we're going to get married. And I was like, okay, well, drive me there to get my shit. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And you drove me back there and waited in the parking lot of the homeless shelter while I ran in and grabbed my backpack full of heroin and syringes and dirty clothes and whatever the hell else I had in there, books on magic and whatever, my tarot cards and and uh, I grabbed my stuff and I went to stay with you. And what? A week later.
1: See again. Now the timeline it was like, gets. It was fuzzy like a again. week
0: or two at the most.
1: Like again. So he described at the very beginning of the podcast that it's like fall. So fall. It's this nice, beautiful time. The leaves are changing turning and love is in the air that we didn't even want to admit to, or maybe we didn't even know. Again, I was, I was young. I didn't know what falling in love felt like. And so he is staying with us now. And I'm this like quote unquote, good little Christian girl, you know, like reformed, you know, and I have him staying with me and he's coming to church with me now. And, it was such a crazy time in our life.
0: Yeah, like, and uh, so I remember one day you had gone to work and and you had you had work. you were working the night shift and you would sleep during the day. Yeah. And I was at work at the uh car wash and I got off work and I rode the bus to your side of town and I w- went into the grocery store and I had the jacket on that you got me. And <laughs> And I went down the flower aisle and stole I stuffed a bunch of roses or a rose A Rose rose up my sleeve. A rose. Yeah, I didn't have any money. And I stuffed stuffed this rose up my sleeve and walked out of the store and walked to your apartment and knocked on your window and you were sleeping and you let me in and I came in, I got in bed with you and I had the or no I came in. The door was yes. open. Yeah. yeah.
1: He did not wake me yeah, up. Yeah, I
0: didn't wake you up. And I woke you up with the rose on your face. And No, and this is the sweetest thing I asked thing you ever. to marry me.
1: <laughs> this was the sweetest thing ever, you guys. Because so like...
0: I had a chance, whatever.
1: He, I used to work 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. in the morning, and then I would take Sydney to school, to daycare, and then I'd go to sleep in the morning, and he'd come, like, take the bus to my side of town, and then I'd leave the door open for him, and when he got there, he'd let himself in and lock it, and then we'd literally just sleep together. No funny business, no nothing. And this one particular day... Oh, but day, th- I'll tell
0: you what, the sexual tension, you could have <laughs> cut it with a fucking <laughs> knife. Ugh. Jesus. Oy vey. Yeah, it was pretty.
1: It was like, you guys just fucking wait until.
0: It's <laughs> and on. And there was definitely
1: some animalistic shit that first happened when we were. Yeah, a couple of together. couple of missteps there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's not for this time. Um, just a tip.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I'm sleeping. And then next thing you know, like I'm feeling this like you know sensation on my cheek on my face and it's kind of feels like a fly or a bug like kind of landing and some like kind of like brushing off my cheek with my hand and next thing you know like I like wake up and all I see is these beautiful doe eyes you know b- brown you didn't
0: have a dog uh, you oh it's
1: silly <laughs> Aaron's got the most beautiful eyes especially when he's being sneaky (laughs) no but anyway he i open up my eyes and he's got these big eyes like just looking at me and he's tracing my face with the rose and when i open up my eyes and i come to he's like will you marry me and i was like what what like what am i dreaming is it i'm awake like and it was such a weird beautiful moment like i like I felt like I was able to be in a dream and awake at the same time because I had just woken up so it felt like it felt like a dream.
0: And you said yeah.
1: I did say yes. And I
0: think 2 days later is when we got married so you were you were um At work, and we would talk on the phone all night. Oh, my gosh. Like two teenagers, I would talk to you, and (laughs) you would go do rounds at the hospital and call me between rounds of EKGs. Oh,
1: my God. I would want to go to work just so that we could talk. Like, literally, I just wanted to talk to him, and we had a typewriter at work, and I would literally type him these letters. And I still have them to this day. Wow. I would type them on the back of the pink EKG paper, and one of the things it was like poetry or whatever and one of them I remember um, typing and that night when I was we were talking you said why don't we go get married tomorrow <laughs> And I was like, what? Because, yeah, we- <laughs> I was totally
0: ready. I, I had a lot of money in the bank. And oh my Great God. job. I was working a car wash. I was like, wow. I,
1: I, I, once he said that, Check like, shit out. got real. Like, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but it's Sunday tomorrow. It's going to be closed. And he's like, this is Las Vegas. Like, nothing closes. I was like, but you have to go to, like, the courts. And they're, like, closed on Sunday. And no. and he's like, no. And I was like, but you can't do it without rings. He's like, we, they're jewelers on Sahara. They'll have, like, so he's, like, putting in the kibosh on all. All these reasons why I want to like stall, and I mean, I didn't fucking know what I wanted to do. Like, I'm 19 years
0: old. 18.
1: No, I got married at 19, baby.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I was 19 Whatever. years old. What do I know? I well, <laughs> um, we got married in November. My birthday's in October, so oh, I had hey. just turned I, like 19, I, and um, I. I remember that I wore red, white, no, I'm not red, um, white Levi's when we went to the Justice of the Peace, and it was me and Sydney and Aaron. And
0: yeah, so she has this, this two-year-old little girl. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: That is like, the. I mean, you guys have heard her on the show. She's awesome, but when, when, she, I, was when little, she was little, she was
1: on another level. Yeah, she's
0: a little cherub child, and like I like Mel said earlier, I had never wanted kids, and I didn't really like kids because I had so much shit and I don't know. I just never had the mental space to deal with that whole thing. And when I met her, I was like, wow, I, I could be a dad. I could do that. That would be cool. And we went to the justice of peace that day and it was me and you and her. And we stood there and said that to each other and and then we walked out and locked the keys. We had locked the keys in the car and we were both freaked out that we had just done that. And it forced us to sit there and talk about it until your brother came to bring us the extra key.
1: Yeah, it was really fucking scary because, you know, I think. I mean, anybody who's serious about their word, I should say, like when you look at somebody and you say certain things to them, like I love you or I got your back or. You know, when you're declaring something serious to somebody else's eyes, like that is some serious business. I mean, it is really serious. And I had not, I was 19. I'd never been serious about too much in my life. And here I am telling this virtual stranger, like we'd known each other, of course, but like it wasn't an intimate relationship on a sexual or mental level. It was just like, like we just wanted to be near each other so much.
0: Yeah, it was magnetic attraction. It, attract- was, it yeah, is magnetic it, it attraction. Is.
1: And I yeah, I still want to be with you more than anybody else in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Like if the whole house has people in it and there's a party, I want to be where Aaron is and I'll and do vice my bu- versa. yeah, I'll do my butterfly thing where I'll talk to everybody and spend time with everybody and give them special attention, but when it comes down to it, like I'm most comfortable like in your arms or by your side or on your lap
0: or we're right where we're supposed yeah. to be yeah and so we spent that oh first so night. Wait, wait a yeah. minute but
1: we so we had to Aaron said that we had to talk about what we, just had happened so here we are I, I usually if I get um you know sad or angry I, I get quiet and we just said our vows. And then I just like turned quiet and he's like, what's up and what's going on? I'm like nothing. And, you know, and we're having to wait for my dad, my brother to drive like half an hour to the strip of Las Vegas from the other side of town to bring me my key. Cause we just got locked out and I didn't want to tell him what I had just done. And it was just like a lot of really crazy, heavy, emotional things, but it forced us to have to talk about it. And our wedding dinner that night was Baja fresh and a <laughs> and champagne, and but champagne. your
0: brother bought us yeah, and he gave us a hummel figurine that day of two little kids I don't in know a, if it was that day in a rowboat no, yeah. he it was that day, he brought it with the champagne after we told him oh. we had gotten married, and we still have it it 's right there on the yeah on the entryway, and I tell you, man, our twenty years since then, since that day that we got married. It's, it hasn't been without its struggle and it hasn't been without a lot of hard work on both of our parts. Yeah. But there ain't no place I'd rather be than right here with you. And thinking back on all of it and re-feeling it right now, it's, it's it has never gone away. That, that feeling of magnetic attraction that's beyond anything physical I mean that's part of it for sure but it's transcends that by light years it's it's otherworldly and it doesn't make logical sense and it's really beautiful being with you mm-hmm. and being your husband and being your man and getting to take care of you and raise a family with you and doing all the cool shit that we've done and exploring this other world that we're finding now uh, together <laughs> that I knew about and that I always wanted to bring you into and now you're here with me and I, I don't know man where we go from here there's another 20 after this and hopefully <laughs> another 20 after that like let's get all the way up <laughs> let's keep going up like it's, it's been awesome yeah
1: in 20 years like gosh you know we have a teenage son now. We have a, you know, 22-year-old daughter. We're living in this really magical, beautiful place. We're, we're talking
0: to you guys.
1: Yeah, we're actually able to talk about our dirt and our life and our blessings and our everything. Like, like this morning we were making waffles and I just said to Aaron and Ryder, I was like, I feel so happy I could burst. And who would have thunk? You know, one decision 20 years ago by letting him grab my hand and me grabbing his and saying, I think we're going to get married someday to now what we're doing here in this present day. It's baffling to me and it's special. And even though we sat here for over an hour and told you about that, like this in the 20 years, like
0: there's been a million of those stories.
1: Yeah. Like Aaron has taught me how to to bring out my spirituality and he i I remember i used to envy my husband because of all of his like creative talents like his ability to draw and his ability to play music and his ability to just have hobbies and he's just in a his brain is so beautiful you know like if I was her mix a I'd be like, I like big brains and I cannot lie. <laughs> you other sisters can't deny. <laughs> like, Aaron and I, like, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing that I realize is talking on the phone to him. That's one of my favorite things. Like, I'll call him at work and we'll just talk. Like, and it makes me feel like we're right next to each other. And so it makes the rest of the day go by so great. And it allows me to be my better self because there's no pressure to be anything because he loves me in all the ways that i am and in 20 years i guess some of the magic in 20 years is just it's just love you know it really is it's love
0: and it's being able to let each other go through our shit and trying not to be judgmental we've done that to each yeah, other in the past we've fucked, we've up, fucked and we've other other up and yeah, we've hurt each other and we done feelings. dumb shit and mm-hmm. i wasn't magically clean <laughs> you know I just because we got married yeah. i didn't i and wasn't just because
1: i was young didn't mean i was clean either i yeah. had a whole lot of shit that i had to work out i mean you guys can imagine like all age groups are listening like a 19 year old marrying somebody who's seven years her senior and who's already a mom and, like, I ha- totally had that syndrome of I'm missing out and, you know, like, I've only been a mom and I, wh- like, what is my life, you know, like, mean? I haven't really lived and and I s- stop and I smell the roses so much more now and I realize how much I have to be grateful for that I'm not even 40 years old yet and I, I get to see the fruits of my labor of I don't want to say giving up my teenage years, but like investing them in my family at a young age. People like to say for retirement, well, I like to spend all of it in my youth. And now when, like I said, I'm not even 40 yet. And Aaron and I, we haven't even touched the surface of what we wanted to do as a couple together. We have so many dreams to fulfill. And now we're not even in a hurry because we've already fulfilled so many beautiful dreams for ourselves, for our children, for our families. And that's that's the magic of what love can do, man. Love can it shows up and it may have a weird face or a different scent or texture to or, it or
0: a needle in its arm.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, or a needle in its arm. It may not look the way you think or act the way that you think. But when you feel it, let it flow. Yeah let that love go let it go like i think that's why when you're a kid like a teenage love you know those first loves they're so deep because we don't like we don't like hold ourselves back
0: you don't know how to put the reins on it
1: yeah and it feels good and that was one of the beautiful things about falling in love with Aaron at such a young age is like i just let it be whatever it was and you know, I love my old man, my viejo.
0: <laughs> well, I think we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything else that we could say that's not already been said.
1: Yeah, and- no, we've got a lot of stories and you'll hear more. But like, this is just our beginning of um I guess it's like for me it's like a tribute to our 20 years Yeah, that's what
0: this was supposed to be totally a 20 year shout out to us how
1: I'd like to leave it is um Aaron hmm will you marry me again
0: yeah hell yeah
1: do you take me as your lawful wedded wife hell yeah to have and to hold
0: Mm
1: -hmm. this day forward of course sickness and in health death do us part
0: fuck yeah and then always and, always. A- and then after that and, and then, then again and, and again and, and over again. and over fuck yeah and then and then we get to watch our kids grow up and even grandkids and all that fun shit too <laughs> and we got this cool family out here too it's hanging out listening to us talk our shit and love each other i love you baby. i love you too Thanks, you guys. We're
1: gonna play the music outro right now. Deen, deen, deen. <laughs>
0: for listening and listen- throw some
1: rice at us, guys. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> so again, we got some cool stuff coming up for you. We've taken you deeper inside the the rabbit hole that is our lives, and we hope you dig it, man. We hope that you feel it because we're putting it out there for you. And um, yeah, we got some cool stuff coming up. So keep listening Go over to iTunes and check us out On iTunes, subscribe to the show Leave us those stars And the reviews, that's The shit, that's where You can really help the show Go over to the website, use the Amazon link If you're gonna go Christmas shopping, you're gonna buy Some shit for Thanksgiving off of Amazon Go to nosimpleroad.com Go to the bottom of the page And click through that Amazon link If you do that, it's a way you can support the show With just spending money you were regularly going to spend on yourself anyway We get a small portion of that And then the Patreon Patreon.com forward slash no simple road Patreon, you know the jam with that thing It is a monthly way for you to support the show You can give as little as a dollar a month Up to as much as you want Um, There's different rewards and tiers. So please, guys, if you got something from today's show, do one of those things. Leave us a review. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and uh, check out Patreon. And until next time, me and Melanie, hope you guys are well. We want you all to know we love you and we feel you. And
1: thank you guys for listening to our sappy love story
0: <laughs> we love you guys bye we'll see you next time what is a city without its music